0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 457 featuring Jonas Yusing, who who has been on the podcast before. Yes, if you want to hear some of his stuff that he's talked about in terms of his company, which is uh, Space Office VFX, Joe, make sure and check out episode number 365 that we recorded back in March of 2022. But that is not what we're going to be talking about today. I figured uh, to kick off 2024, uh, we should talk about Jonas's his YouTube channel that he created, uh, which is youtube.com slash at the movie rabbit hole again at the movie rabbit hole. And he released a video, uh, on that, that got a lot of people's attention. It's got almost a million views already. Um, which is specifically about how, uh, the studios and the press have been uh, talking about movies that say they do not use any visual effects or any CGI, when in fact they use a lot of it. And sort of this misconception about the non non visual effects uh, uh, visual effects that's being used, or specifically invisible visual effects, uh, and why has visual effects or CGI been villainized by the industry? is kind of an interesting thing that he breaks down in these great videos. Now, as of the recording of this, he only had released one. Uh, He's promising to release four. Uh, The first video talks about things like uh, Top Gun Maverick and Fast 10, uh, which was really, really great. Uh, And then in the second one uh, that came out after this, he talked about Ford versus Ferrari, uh, Napoleon, and a whole section on Chris Nolan. So really interesting to do that. I mean, honestly speaking, for a lot of people who work in visual effects, this is something that's been a sore subject in terms of how people are claiming that there's no visual effects in things when, in fact, there are tons of them. Um, and, uh, I would actually look to have people look at these videos and actually share them with people who claim that there's no visual effects because, uh, Jonas really brings up the right way to talk about it and, uh, in a very diplomatic way, but also in a really sort of factual information way. So really good to do that. And I look forward to seeing what Jonas has, uh, for his next two videos coming out, but, uh, yeah, make sure and check those out. And of course those uh, there'll be links in the podcast page about that as well uh, we do have uh, a few product announcements that I want to say uh, we uh, that came out last year or late last year uh, Vantage 2 update 2 is out and the big uh, uh, things that have been released there is yes we are supporting displacement and hair and fur for Vantage which is our real-time ray tracer uh, really great I'm very excited about that I've been using Vantage a whole lot recently on some really great projects in our labs and I'm very excited about all the development that's happening there. We also have V-Ray 6 Update 2. Obviously, we released that for 3DS Max a while back, but it has been updated for SketchUp and Rhino. Uh, lots of great updates there, including some updates for V-Ray for uh, Grasshopper. So really cool. If you want to check out any of those, just go to chaos.com and look at our product pages and you'll get all the news of all the updates that are happening there. Now, if you guys want to know more about the podcast, of course, you guys know what to do. You just go to chaos.com slash garage. That's where all of our podcasts are posted and you can get updates there. You can always follow us on uh, Facebook. That is facebook.com slash Podcast. And if you'd like to watch any of these videos, you can go to youtube.com slash tv. That's where we post all of our videos at chaos, uh, including these podcasts. Uh, and if you have suggestions, uh, we've got a lot of great suggestions in 2023, and I'm hoping to get a lot more in 2024. Always email us labs at chaos.com. But for now, please enjoy episode number 457 with Jonas using on his videos of the uh, the movie Rabbit Hole. Welcome to another CG garage where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays. In high dynamic range, we know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. Okay, so uh, Jonas, it's been uh, really, really fascinating. You know, it was funny I saw that video that you did. Um, and I was, I was really kind of interested in everything that you're doing. Uh, except when, after I finished watching, it's like, hold on a second. I know that guy. <laughs> 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 I know. He, and so I got really fascinated by it. And then there was a big discussion that happened on, on 3d pro about it. And they were like, well, we got to invite this guy onto 3d pro and sort of this, uh, do this in, in general. But, um, uh, just to give people a little bit of a background, um, you know what motivated you to make this informational video? Like, what was the motivation for you?
1: That's a good question. It's been uh, annoying me for for many years this debate, and um, it's interesting to discuss exactly what lies at the core of being annoyed about it. Is it uh, a, a quest to spread correct information out there, or is it is it emotional? Are we being overlooked? Is it pride? Right. I'm not quite sure. Is it a is strategic business? Like, is it hurting our entire business that people think we don't do the, the work we do? Right. Uh, that's, that's, an, that's a discussion that's more complicated than I can
0: answer. Well, I think we're going to have a debate about it during this hour, whether that's the truth or yeah. not. But I mean, somehow you felt like you, like, I need to make a video about it. Like there hasn't been yeah. enough people talking about it more publicly, right?
1: Yes, right, right, right. Exactly. And there, there is old video that I used to link to, uh, like an eight-year-old video by, what's his name? Rocket Jump Film School, is it them? It's called uh, Why CGI Sucks Except It Doesn't. And when I Oh, saw I remember that, that one. Yeah. When I saw that video, I thought, great. Now, we will never have, need to have this debate again. I'll just send this video to everyone and that'll be the end of it. Right. That wasn't the end of it because people are still... It's worse now than it was eight years ago when that video came out. So I thought somebody's got to make another video about it. Right. And with more up-to-date examples and with with actual examples like you, they said that was practical, this was CGI, you know? Right. Because that eight years ago, those examples weren't that bad. The whole I don't like CGI thing was still out there uh, eight years ago. But the the active studio line, which is what I really address, is is new, or, or it has escalated enormously escalated. in the last. Yeah.
0: And this was, I mean, there were. I remember those videos very specific about eight years ago. Well, yes, um, and I do. There was a. There was obviously a little backlash during the Life of Pi days, as I sort of sense it, where people were like, you know, wearing green shirts and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. And then a lot of people were like, well. I hate CGI. I, I remember specifically someone in a comment on Twitter or something said, I hate CGI. I prefer movies, uh, movies that are all done practically like Lincoln. Right. And yeah. then someone sent them back an image of Lincoln in front of a giant green screen. Yeah. Because of course they had to create the background in CG because that right. was a period piece. Yes. Right. And sort of the reality is like people don't even realize that what they're seeing is CG and they just think of bad CG as CG, right?
1: Yeah, and and that's, that's the problem. What I want to make people aware of is the paradox that people will say, I don't like CGI, I love this because it's practical. And I'm going to point to that and say, well, that was CGI. Okay, well, then I like this because that was all practical. No, actually, that was also CGI. Right. Just to educate people, because there's, a, there's an enormous, enormous amount of um, holistic film nerds out there, like myself, you right. know? Um, but it's been like a quality demand that you have to say CGI is bad. It's like you don't want microplastic in your toothbrush. If you discuss toothbrush with uh, toothpaste with, with someone, you have to say, "Well, I don't like microplastic in my toothpaste." And 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 CGI and film has has reached that in like among holistic film connoisseurs. Like you have to say no to CGI.
0: But okay so, so, so yes, and then I think there are plenty of examples of that, like i have, for example, one you know so we'll get to some of the comments, but one that I remember the comments of someone was saying it's like, "Well, no, it's much better when there's no c g i just look at the fact that they did no c g i on Mad Max Fury Road, and it's like there's yeah. two thousand shots of c g i in that movie, <laughs> yeah, right and and people f- pretend that there was none like did they really drive into a hurricane i mean no they did not drive into a hurricane right and obviously her arm was a clear example as well but yeah exactly she uh, has
1: like a cg arm for the whole movie so
0: (laughs) right yeah so so that's a that's obviously true but what do you think so so the the push the, the the pushback from before was individuals film twitter people Let's just say yeah. we're saying yeah. no CGI sucks and therefore practical is better. But what seems to be happening now is that there is a pre- specific marketing push that's happening. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts about that? Why do you think that's happening?
1: The catering for the, the audience who already owns this narrative that practical is good and CGI is bad. So the studio says, OK, well, look at our practical film. And they will flat out lie about it. Um, some will lie better than others. Some will just say, we did this practical, we did that practical, we did this practical, which as I addressed in the video, is not technically inaccurate because they really do elaborate practical things. And they will
0: Sure. Just pl- completely That's the best CG is when you do both.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then and they will deliberately completely conceal the fact that the, the, the final effect you see in the film is, is entirely CGI or almost entirely CGI. Right. Um, And they do that because they want the publicity of we are doing things practical. You also have directors, every single action director now is saying my style is to go practical. I'm different from the other guys. I shoot things practical.
0: But, okay. So why, all right, a couple things. Why is it a bad word? Do you think people want to believe that it was all real and therefore it's a higher sense of danger? Especially in action films? It's um that's a good question.
1: Yes, I think that's a factor. Um people have been overloaded. Um I think with too much too many superhero movies, too many over the top um things. Uh there's there's an idea that all Marvel Marvel CGI is bad. I subjectively disagree. It is over the top. It's not grounded in reality like a Christopher Nolan action scene. Definitely not. But if you look at superhero comics, that's what they are, and they have never been transferred faithfully to the screen before. We could do all this over the top, completely unrealistic, fun stuff with CGI. There's also too many superheroes for me to watch. I don't watch all of them, but I just I'll sure. watch like one in seven or something. That's fine for me, and I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy the spectacle of CGI.
0: Right. Do you think that there's also uh, uh, like it's it's easy to pin a bad movie on CGI? And I'll just give you an example for, for yeah. my point of view, right? It's like so when the first Jurassic World came out and people were saying it's a terrible movie because they used CGI dinosaurs and they didn't yeah. use practical dinosaurs. And first of all, no. First of all, there's so many things wrong with that statement one yes they did use cgi dinosaurs in the first yeah. one yeah. and they use practical ones yeah. and the fact that you can't tell which one's practical and which one's cgi is what's so amazing especially from 1993 now, that's yeah. the first point the second point is the cgi dinosaurs in uh, jurassic world are fantastic the yeah. story's terrible <laughs> yeah yes i've seen that point made many times like people said, will say we remember the
1: first three jurassic park films Right. And that use CGI sparingly. We'll get back to that. And right. and we don't like the last three Jurassic Park films, which were filled with CGI. Therefore, it's the CGI. Well, you know, the first three Jurassic Park films didn't have Chris Pratt either. I don't think we could blame him. There's right. there's, a, there's a screenplay thing going on here. Mm-hmm. The, the stories, at least in the first one, I mean, even when you get to Jurassic Park 3, I'm going to say it's not as memorable as the first one and not even the second one. So already there, you have a, 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 a declining quality in film. Sure. Um, but yeah, people will blame a film on its bad CGI. And people will continue to bring up the point that uh, Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park used very little CGI. Yeah, for now. But at the time, that was like Avatar. Like you could not jam more CGI into a film than what they did. It was Right, absolute-
0: especially Jurassic Park. I mean, it was yeah,
1: incredible. Yeah. Yeah, nobody at the time said only seven minutes. You know, that was crazy. Seven minutes of CGI dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and and yeah, I think you're right about that. And I think that the fact that it was hard to tell today which one is Stan Winston's dinosaur and which one is, you know, ILM and Spaz Williams' dinosaur. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this is a... Your video is... I gotta say, a lot of people were like, "One of the biggest comments, like, I can't believe this is your first video because it is so well produced. It must have been a huge amount of effort to make such a high quality video, considering it's your first one. So you're f- without you know any experience as a as a seasoned YouTuber." <laughs> yeah. How, so first of all, before we get into the the quality video, how did you do your research? Like, how did you? Considering how all of this stuff is being swept under the rug and not talked about, how did you find out about all the things on Top Gun or things like that that were a little bit easy, to like, you know, to be able yeah. to put that out there?
1: Right. Um, but it's been brewing for, you know, 10 years or so. Uh, my mind's been collecting all these little examples. On Top Gun Maverick, since they released nothing officially, I'm very lucky that the Oscar showcase actually shows breakdowns that's the only place you can get breakdowns for top gun from Mm. Uh, so that's the place where i can show here's a wireframe for that airplane here's a wireframe for that airplane and here's a wireframe for that airplane and here's the wireframe for the completely cgi cockpit interiors that were also supposed to be all real um and originally i thought my video was going to be one 20 minute video and I just sure. I just write, I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I collected all sorts of examples. And then I did a tip speak before I recorded it so that I could mm-hmm. edit it. And that was like more than an hour. And I thought, I can't I can't reach my audience with a, a plus one hour video. I know it for myself. Sure. If somebody sends me a video I say, hey, take a look at this. If it's a plus one hour video, I'll put it on that playlist of videos that I never get around to watching. Right. So I thought, I, ha- I have to break this down. Right. So I'm going to break it down into four. But then I also had to reshuffle the material because I, I I need to have something that really kicks in video one. So I pushed Maverick up first. And I think that's that's a, the reason it has been uh, watched as much as it has because now it's not just a geek video for you and me. Now right. there's some sort of sensationalistic uh, quality or um, value in Top Gun yep. Maverick of all films being... Almost entirely yeah, I mean, CGI on the, the planes.
0: You've you've already have three hundred and nine thousand views in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good for a first YouTube video.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't thinking that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's really good, uh, and and I think it's going to be interesting when you put out uh, your your second one, which uh, and then your obviously your follow up ones. Is it a lot of work? Are you going to go, oh, my God, now I have a whole new job? <laughs>
1: yes, it is. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, it's a lot more work than I thought, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm writing based sure. on my memory of uh, interviews and effects breakdowns that I have seen. So I'm writing, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to show that, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to show that. And then I get the clips down, and as I see the clips, I realize I don't remember this clip is exactly as I remember, this clip isn't exactly as, a, as I remembered it and I can sure. show it, but it doesn't demonstrate my point quite like I thought. So I'm going to have to shuffle some things around or scrap some examples altogether right. and rewrite and go back and download new clips.
0: Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, what are What are some of the, you know, after you put this first one out, what are some of the reactions you got to this? I mean, I know you got a lot of reactions of like, thank God someone's finally saying something. But <laughs> that's, and that's a majority of what you've been getting, right?
1: Yes, it is. Um, I think I've been very lucky getting mostly positive results. Obviously, in the beginning, it was only shared in the visual effects community. And I don't think anybody in that community just disagrees with the video. Then it sure. started getting, getting seen outside. Uh, The YouTube algorithm is starting giving it to general uh, film geeks, and I'm still getting like ninety-five percent positive feedback, which I'm very positive about. Right, Um, but we know that
0: we all live on uh, dread that negative review, right? So, what are some (laughs) of the ones? What are some of the arguments that people are making with your video?
1: Well, some a lot of people, even though I I start the video by saying I have done this for 18 years. And there are still people not in the business who are telling me, well, actually, Top Gun doesn't use CGI because it's laid on top of real aircraft. And I'm like, this is uphill. You know, is Gollum not CGI anymore because he's on top of uh, Andy Circus? you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and, that's what and Andy Circus would tell you. Though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can also feel that the language with which we are going to explain this, because the goal is for this is to reach not the visual effects business, but everybody else. But sure. since the, um, I can't share it directly with everybody else, and the visual effects people are those who have an interest in sharing this. So first and foremost, I want every person in the visual effects business to see it, and then they're going to share it with people. And that's how we get millions to see it. Right. Um, and the language we have to use is has to be very careful. Because if we are angry or whining, or take away their idols, like Tom Cruise or Christopher Nolan, they're not going to listen. Right. Um, or f- a friend, uh, he, probably also uh, your friend, uh, Hugo Guerra, um, mm-hmm. wrote to me in the YouTube comments that I needed to be more angry and more Portuguese.
0: <laughs> right, more Portuguese. And, uh, yeah,
1: that's, that's his word. And I don't disagree with that, but I know that I can't reach people. Um, yes. I thought that your anger. tone
0: was perfect. Personally, I think he's wrong. I think your tongue was perfect. I think uh, you need to uh, uh, be logical, right? Yeah, uh, and and present facts and right. that you know, if someone says it's not CGI because they put the CGI on top of something that was real, mm-hmm. then that person just needs to understand that That's wrong, right? It's still <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, and then what you can do, you can say, okay, well, th- the fact is that that is a, it is a CGI plane. Uh, that was used a non-CGI plane as reference. And the Mm. fact that the lighting on it looks perfect is proof that it's very, very good CGI.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I had a point, I forgot it.
0: That's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I mean, okay. So, so some of the tones that, uh, uh, some of the other arguments that people made. Like, well, what are some of the other things that people were were discussing on your comments that were surprising or interesting to you?
1: Um, most people. I mean, even even people who came from the camp of people who thought they hated CGI have been generally open to another world uh, by this video, and I'm, I'm very happy about those reactions in particular. People will generally say, "I didn't know that." Looking forward to the next episode.
0: Right. Right, that's good. So there is a few minds that you have been able to alter or change, right?
1: Quite a few, I hope.
0: Yes, yes. I do remember there was a comment that was made on Twitter, I believe, or something like that, that said, here is a video, here's a shot from Oppenheimer where they had a CG dress on the character, the girl who was naked in all the films except for India, where they needed her to be clothed. And all so right. they put a CGI dress on her. It's like, this is the only CGI in all of Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> and yet 80% of all CGI artists' names were removed from the credits of Oppenheimer.
1: Right. This is, um, this is a touchy or a controversial film. I will I, I can't not touch on it. I want to touch mm-hmm. on it. And a lot of people have requested it. Um, so what happened with the 80% weren't credited is that there are like 20, 30 people or something in the actual credits on Oppenheimer. And then on DNEXT's website, they have this extra section called We All Made It Happen. And there's like 100 names there. Mm-hmm. To, what, to what degree those people are... Actually, emitted from that film, or if it's just a high five to their other partners, I don't know. I, I would need to see a, a statement from somebody saying all these people worked on it and they're not credited before I can sure. really judge. Me. It, it certainly looks suspicious. I mean, we all know that a lot of people are not in the credits of film because I will also touch on this. And this happens of
0: often. People. This happens yeah, often. That people, yeah, yeah, but then
1: this, this is typically with sub vendors. I will also uh, uh, touch on this in one of my later videos, but. Mm-hmm. have the main vendor, they'll outsource to sub-vendors. Mm-hmm. And based on the amount of work, they'll agree on a price and a number of credit slots. And very often, that's like four credit slots, and they have 40 people working on it. So it's 36 sure. people. I mean, I've worked on eight Hollywood films, and I've been in the credits on two. So right, that that happens. But this is d as the sole vendor, I believe. Okay. Uh, not crediting their own people. I don't know what happened. I, I can't... Um, I'm going to need some official... uh, Sure. um, As for the CGI in Oppenheimer, it's not the same case as with Top Gun or Vecna or Fast X because those are explicitly effects that have been completely erased from the frame and replaced with uh, 100% three-dimensional CG objects. 3D models that have been lit in the computer, rendered in the computer, and composited and integrated into the shot. That's not the case with Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. as as far as I know. Now, um, we can split hairs about what CGI is and what it isn't, and I'm also going to touch upon that in one of my videos because there's a gray area in the middle. Like, how much you have CG departments and you have 2D departments where all the nuke stuff happens. And typically in visual effects, the the CT department, the CGI is what the CT department handles.
0: The 3D guys.
1: Exactly. Right. And what the Nuke department handles is not CGI because it's not the CGI department. But they can handle very complicated digital manipulation, 3D workspace. They can completely 3D track... Add stock footage, manipulated yep. add particles,
0: matte paintings, background yeah, it, repla- sky yeah. replacements, and,
1: <laughs> and uh, some of the stuff that happened in Oppenheimer is like I read one of the interviews either on before and afters or out of VFX, and they would um, some, some of the explosion stuff have like a hundred elements, explosions blended into other explosions for extra detail for retiming, and when does that stop becoming? compositing and start becoming CGI. There are also some other shots. I I don't know about them. I have uh, asked people to tell me about them. There's a shot with rockets flying off clouds. Like a moving camera atop the clouds, you've got rockets coming up. Right. It certainly looks... It doesn't look CGI, it looks real, but it looks like a shot that could only be achieved through CGI. So my question is, how is that achieved? I don't know yet.
0: There's also a shot of the earth burning.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry,
0: that did not happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, Maybe Nolan just said, I'm not gonna do CGI, so maybe they took a ball and painted it like the earth. Maybe they took some burning patterns and composite, I don't know. But again, when does that stop being CGI? (laughs) Right. Um... So I cannot I do not think that I with anything in Oppenheimer can do the same this was actually a CGI example that I could with Top Gun or Fast X
0: Sure
1: but I would also as a direction not say no CGI because it's that's really gray area when you're doing that much digital manipulation
0: Sure so Sure I I do remember going to the bakeoffs um uh, for uh when uh Mad Max Fury Road was there and the people were presenting what was done on that show and yes there was a lot of practical stuff that was done which was amazing Mm. but there was almost every practical shot had cgi in it yeah and we all we all knew that you know it's fine like but i think the thing that was surprising to me is that the visual effects supervisor at that time says we're presenting to this for the Academy Award, but we're not allowed to talk about it to the press. Really? Yes. Wow. So, because there's a narrative that they wanted to uphold.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised because it, it appears to me that, um, what is his name? We're, Miller... we're,
0: we're not supposed to be very public about it. Or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, I don't remember the exact terms. It was a long time ago, but they were pretty much told us that, you, you know that this was done with this Mm-hmm. And it and is practical because they had both people present because, you know, the yeah, visual yeah. effects, the the Academy Award incorporates practical and visual effects.
1: They do. They do, which is also a funny thing. The, the award has gone through so many names. Mm-hmm. It was like engineering effects back in the 30s. Then it became like special sound and visual effects. And it included also sound effects. Then it became best special visual effects. And I don't think it became visual effects until Star Wars. Yes, where it's been ever since. But Chris Cobalt, who's the special effects master, has been nominated along with visual effects people six times. There, so sure, they, yeah, they do incorporate still incorporate special effects in it.
0: Absolutely, they do. Now, also, the Academy has a lot a lot of members of the Academy are people who've been you know uh, in that specific branch are people that have been around for a long, long time, including a lot of practical people, right? Right. So whenever I go to the bake-offs and they, the members of the academy ask questions, a lot of them are practical people. And a yeah. lot of them are saying how much was practical and yeah. how much was CGI. Yeah. And yeah. Re- they have a lot of influence in the academy and they want to push for practical as much as possible. And they are also making the claim that visual effects is bad because they feel like their jobs were replaced by some of that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah so so that's that's one case but what about who do you th- besides videos like yours what do you who do you think could advocate for us to get more recognition for the work that we do
1: that's that's a tough question because nobody listens to us uh they listen to actors. Uh, BB-8 may be uh, completely CGI in The Force Awakens, but there's a video out there saying, Mark Hamill says BB-8 is not CGI, and that's the only thing the audience has heard. Like, they're not going to hear anything else. Right. So, um, I think directors and actors are being told in their contracts, like you said with the Bake Off, they are being told you have to advertise for the practical effects. You cannot mention CGI.
0: Do you think and, it's that's because they think it's going to sell more tickets?
1: Yes, and I think it does. I think it works. I think Mission Impossible, uh, Dead Reckoning, and Top Gun: Maverick got a lot of publicity just by releasing videos that said it was practical. Right. I mean, if you look at the ramp stunt from Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, yes. Now i I think that those are I think those stunts are incredible. I really do. Sure. But. <laughs>
0: It really was Tom Cruise. He really did do the jump. He,
1: he did. He did. Now, if you look at the, um, the the first money shot when he's on the ramp going towards the canyon, that shot cuts out before he jumps and they replace his entire background. So that one could have been filmed on a road, right? And then the next shot you see it from the front jump over, they still remove the background, uh, the the ramp. Yeah, and like you, you could have used one of those that you did on the ground. They, they practiced on a, on a ramp on the ground when he was wearing like a bungee j- instead of a parachute. You could have right. used that. Um, it, they could but have got the same result. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so so they made a giant marketing piece.
1: Exactly. it's That was my point. Thank you for getting me back on track. It, it's yeah. about the publicity, right? People right. love those videos. Now, filmmaking has always been about I mean, from a producer's point of view, getting the film done as easy, as lazy, and as low budget as possible, even if it's that a big That was a very expensive
0: film. ramp to build that yes. did not need to be there. It, so if it, served, fun, it sold
1: a lot of tickets, right? That's exactly. In terms of getting the shots that they needed, there was no reason to drive Tom off a mountain at all. Right. In many of the shots, you can't even see it's him, right? Right. Um, as opposed to the... Uh, uh, no Time to Die ramp stunt in Materon where a stuntman drove up the ramp and landed on a plaza mm-hmm. uh, and they replaced the ramp they they used like the entire environment like that was almost the real shot you saw in the film he, he had his uh, helmet removed and the ramp was replaced probably some sure. of the other things that I don't know about but the basic environment of that shot made it to the film unlike the ramp stunt in uh, in Mission Impossible so to go through all that extra money for not getting better shots is publicity. Right. And that bleeds into another topic, which is lazy filmmaking, which is something you very often hear about CGI. People out, people outside of production planning, people with no connection to the film business, have this idea that there are rules. You must not use CGI for this and you must not use CGI for that. CGI should never be used for this. And like, yeah, uh, people with- Give an example butt- of that.
0: Like, give me an example of what should, like, of that specific thing.
1: Um, so some, some scene from Spider-Man, something is uh, filmed in a cafe with a blue screen and they put it in the background. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh my God, they even use CGI for that. Why don't they just shoot in a cafe? And it's like, well, probably if you were involved in the planning and the budgeting of this film and you had these actors and these transportation schedules and you wanted to lock down a cafe somewhere, and, you know, shoot there or you bundled all your uh, extra blue screen stuff on one blue screen stage and filmed it for one day. If people were in film production, I don't think they would make these um, accusations of, of CGI being used in situations where it, it shouldn't be used. It's like... Right. They, or they speak basically it, so maybe
0: where, they wanted to do that because it was going to be eight hours of shooting and the lighting was going to constantly change. <laughs> yes, Exactly. Right. They don't realize. No. Right. And this has
1: nothing. Um, a lot of the critique about CGI is about people who don't know anything about CGI. They don't know how much they see as CGI. They don't know how real CGI can look.
0: They also don't know about filmmaking either. Exactly. That,
1: that, that's the thing. No producer out there says, oh, it will be easier and cheaper and I could get the same result with CGI, but I'm not allowed to use CGI for this. I better not, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, so what are your um, you know, obviously, there's a uh, there's a, CGI sucks is a, is, a, is a really great powerful tool for the marketing team, right? Yeah. And there's something that they can do. How do you how do you change that narrative What what is the message? How do we get the audience to hear an opposite message that's going to make them excited about CGI again? Right. So there's two things. One. We can try
1: to reach the audience. It's going to be difficult because people will always listen to Mark Hamill and Matt Damon more than they'll listen to us.
0: Yeah, but Mark Hamill but, and Matt Damon are only saying what the studios are telling them to say.
1: Yes. So that that's number two. We could go that way. Go the studio way. If we look at what can we do, we want to hit particularly well the, the film buff um, segment.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so right now, if... People outside our business are meeting and discussing film. It's obviously very popular to say you don't like CGI. It's almost like a ticket into the group. We should get enough of these narratives out there so that when people sit there and they say, I love the Jetson Maverick because they were all real. We need to have just one person in that room say, well, actually I have this video here because guess what? So we need to um, put it out there enough so that people will start, so that it will be sort of like like a connoisseur thing Holistic, the new black in film geeks to say, well, actually, there's a lot of invisible CGI here and here and here and here. Right. So that will be the new cool thing to drop when when film geeks. So geek.
0: actually, that's the thing. You just you just said something interesting when you say invisible CGI, right? Yeah. How do we make invisible CGI cool? <laughs>
1: yeah. And and uh, we've we've uh, the business have shot ourselves in the foot. I'm also going to touch upon this in one of my later videos, but. Everybody has hated to film with visual effects. Always. Blue screens, lightsabers, tracking markers on your uh, costume, whatever. uh, Making an A and a B take. And what you're doing now with um, Vecna and the uh, Ex Machina film Mm -hmm. uh, about six years ago. And what Gareth Edwards is doing with um, the the creator. And Sam Mendes with 1917. Is you're shooting much more wild and that's one of the reasons why reporters say there's no CGI. I mean, 1917 is on somebody's list of great practical filmmaking. And it's like, there just wasn't blue screen on set, but they still replaced almost the entire background, always. Right. Um, but there's no blue screen, because that's how good visual effects have become. Visual effects are now able to tell these directors, you know what, this is easier if you just... Don't have the blue screen we'll have much more natural lighting we'll have less blue spill and we right. roto is just something we have a department handle and it's
0: really good well um, there's so, ai roto now that's getting really good too
1: yeah <laughs> um uh, so we have removed visual effects a lot from the filmmaking process which means that a lot of journalists and actors do not see it that's why mark hamill thinks bb8 is not CGI because BBS was on set. He was completely replaced, but he was there. People acted Mm -hmm. against BBA and they have no idea how many props are replaced completely afterwards. Right. So the other reason, the other other way we could be going is to the studios. Because the studios are barring a lot of visual effects companies from saying what they did. Mm. And I understand that you may want to keep some magic while the film is in theaters, or maybe when it has its initial release on digital or streaming. But like, eventually, you would have to allow ILM to release all their Mission Impossible breakdowns. I mean, when was the last time you saw Mission Impossible breakdown from ILM? I can't remember.
0: I know, I know. Uh, It's it's true. and, you know, honestly speaking, it's very, very interesting over the last several years. I mean, we used to, at Chaos, we we do a demo reel every year of all the cool stuff. And we got our customers and they give us their breakdowns of all these different things. But more and more, uh, our customers actually either don't have breakdowns or they're not allowed to give our breakdowns because the studios are refusing to have that. Yeah. Um, and so... It's it's They see visual effects breakdowns as negative marketing, I think. Yeah. I'm which concerned is, uh, about
1: that. <laughs> there, you should be. Um, just 15 years ago, you would still see some visual effects bonus material on Blu-ray releases, DVD releases. Right. It's completely gone. You buy The Force Awakens, which is packed with the visual effects, and there is nothing. Nothing.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's... Responsibilities from organizations like the Visual Effects Society to be able to educate things or to help say, hey, by the way, everyone's, we're our our work is being diminished <laughs> and not being celebrated. I'm not
1: smart enough to know what the VES can do, um, but I think responsibility is with the biggest vendors. Very much, right. you have like a handful. Just like you have a handful of, of film studios that run the world you have a handful of visual effects studios where if the film studios didn't have any of them they couldn't make Mission Impossible or Maverick. Right. Um, and those are ILM, DNAC, NPC, Framestore, L- those where, yeah, uh, digital domain, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, because because if, if if smaller, up and coming, um, Visual Effects Studios that are now uh, landing, great, Hollywood works, but they're only medium to small sized if they start saying no to film studios and demand that they'll be able to show all their breakdown reels, the studio will find somebody else. These studios cannot change anything.
0: Right. DINEC but isn't that is, really a union?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how you're going to unionize uh, right. a business that is global because, uh, I'm in Denmark and the visual effects business here has been stalling because of the American strikes, because you have Danish visual effects companies that rely on Hollywood films and Netflix sure. shows, and they haven't been doing what they used to do. So now they're going to get the smaller jobs that used to go to the smaller visual effects studios. Right. Um, so, you know, because outsourcing in visual effects is global.
0: Sure. It's... I have,
1: I do not know how unionizing in one place would do any difference because there will be somebody else to take it unless all the big
0: studios started. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about YouTube because you're sort of stepping into an interesting little realm about YouTube and and information stuff out there because they're very popular. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the Corridor Crew guys, right? And yes. what the Corridor Crew does. Um i find they are very popular they've got yeah. a lot of followers and yes. a big majority of them are not visual effects people right yeah uh right. i find it interesting because none of them have actually worked in visual effects
1: no <laughs> it's like in screenwriting you know uh, all the uh, how to write a good screenplay book uh, right. you can buy are for people who make their living off of writing how to make screenwriting books not sure screenwriting I sure. it took me it took me a long time to get started on Corridor Crew because they have so many videos that say react to good and bad CGI and I cannot click on another video that says bad CGI I'm like I cannot sit right. through another video of people saying bad 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 bad
0: right and when I find it only what, strengthens the narrative of
1: all CGI yeah. sucks right yes but when I when I actually got around to watching one of them I was surprised at how positive they are and I really think they have a good tone about it sure um, they are in depth and geeky about it at that level that we actually need people to listen to. Yes. Um, as a visual effects professional, I'll definitely stop at some of the things they say sometimes and, and I would probably disagree. But they're reaching a very large audience with a very CGI-positive narrative. And I love them for that alone. They just did something positive about The Little Mermaid and they're just about the only people on the internet who have said anything positive about the you know that film. Sure. Um... So they'll, they'll yeah, they were also positive about She Hulk, and she has taken a lot of bashing on the internet. So sure. I, I really love the message they're spreading. And I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't bother going into details with, well, actually, I disagree with this or that. Uh, the sure, details sure, sure. are not important.
0: But what about the fact that, you know, like, since they haven't necessarily worked in the visual effects industry? Uh, while they are very good at analyzing the actual work that's done, and I completely agree with that, and that's a skill that that honestly people should look at yeah. things and understand the quality of the work uh there is a lot of stuff that's happening as you know in terms of our actual work, right where we have to deal with bad direction from from studios to do things that we know are not gonna make for good shots, or we have yeah. to deal with the fact that. Uh, we're working overtime to make things that are doing certain things or, or, or we're literally being told you're not allowed to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> right? How do we, and they don't have to manage those problems. So. No,
1: <laughs> no they <laughs> are, they're, they're probably making $100,000 per video. They upload just in sponsorship money. So that's, that's their business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> how do we do that? <laughs> how do we say, <laughs> how do we make a $100,000 video and then re-educate the public and get enough viewers to make that happen?
1: I don't know. I'm doing my part. Uh, I've, I've, yeah, I've for started. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I just hope as many people uh, get to watch this as possible. I would, I would love for this to be the video that cool film geeks drop in the comments every time a director says that they did something practical.
0: Right. Okay. There you go. So that's something that's, uh, that would be interesting. I think there was, yeah, we, I mean, there used to be a lot of hashtags, no CGI really, or something or something that would, would be interesting to, 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 to do in that area. There must, what, what do you think would be the thing that would basically impress people today? Because, you know, remember like in 1993, right, Jurassic Park came out. People were like, this is amazing. It was all done on a computer and people yeah. celebrated this. Mm. How can we find a celebration of what we do that the public is going to be excited about?
1: It's tough because they are already not excited about CGI. There's a, even among the people that don't hate CGI, there's still this feeling that if there's not CGI, it's like homemade cooking. It's like, it's just better that way. Right. What I want to do is pull away the curtain and say, okay, great. You do know that all these films that you like, because they don't have CGI, they all have CGI. Right. And if they go back and say, well, there's these old movies. They definitely don't use CGI. No. Nope. But did you know how much matte painting work there was in these films and that they also cheated you and that they were also as lazy as possible and that in the 30s and 40s they used matte paintings for like all completely, just just to not use wood on a
0: film set, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, and it, I think it's it's you know fascinating if you and and sometimes like oh look at Terminator it was so amazing and then you look at some of the stop motion stuff and it's like was it? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. People will say if CGI is not perfect, if it if it ta- if it's, it takes me out of the movie completely. I'm like, did you watch Matt paintings in the '80s? Did you watch yes. in the '80s when every movie had to had stop motion? I mean, there are visual right. effect shots in Ghostbusters, nineteen eighty four. There are mm-hmm. visual effect shots there uh, that are like eight frames long, and they'll they'll say in the in the commentaries that's because they know it sucked. So like, the shorter it was on on screen, the better. Like right. the uh, the stop motion bear monster ghost dog thing, but it's in the right. corridor um, at the at the hotel where they live. Uh, they knew yeah. that this was not gonna look good, so it was like the shorter these clips are, the better. Right. And now, uh, you know, Sam Mendes can have. Um, an actor stand in front of a burning church for 40 seconds and the burning right. church is not there and you can just completely scrutinize it. And there's not even a, a blue screen because uh, Roger Deakins doesn't want to shoot with blue screen. Sure. Because like we said before, visual effects are so good now that
0: you don't always have to. Right. Um, just to go back, like, you know, I remember the arguments that where people who were very angry in the visual effects Uh, World, when Andy Serkis kept talking about that there was no CGI for him, right? And he was saying, oh, it's just digital makeup. Digital makeup, makeup. yeah. Right? Yes. Is this... I mean, obviously, the reason he was saying that was because he wants the opportunity to be nominated for an Oscar for his performance. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that he didn't give a good performance. He did give a good performance. However, not all of his performance was captured by motion capture. No,
1: no. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of the same. Um, and it's also one of those examples that I want to put in my video, but I don't think I'm going to because okay. I'm going to make too many enemies with that example because people love Andy Serkis' performance. Now, people have seen all the way back for the first Lord of the Rings film. There's this clip where you see Andy Serkis' head, and mm-hmm. Gollum's head, and they're just doing exactly the same thing. And sure. when people saw that, myself included, we were like, "Oh my God, Andy circus is completely acting Gollum." Now, right. those are, of course, those examples where the animation was transferred one to one. And sure. even there, it probably, my understanding—I have not worked with a performance capture like that myself. It is my understanding that this is not you plug the data in one wire and the animation comes out the other. No. You know, there's a lot of manual humans. Yes. Tweaking off that animation,
0: um, I can give like, you a very specific example because this was not. F- this is around the same time. i made well, a few years after that, but yeah. I worked on iRobot, right? Yeah. Um, and on iRobot, we had uh, uh, specifically the. Oh God, I'm blanking on his Alan, name. But the, Alan, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Alan Tudyk. So his performance uh, in the interrogation room was hailed as unbelievable, right? Um, and there, I know for a fact, he did not have any tracking markers on his face. So they didn't track his face. His face was hand animated on top of it. And Mm. the animators worked to recreate the essence of his performance as closely as possible. Yeah. But they couldn't get, they didn't do it tracking on it because his face was different as a robot as it was. So they, the emotion, they literally tried to convey the emotion of this as much as so the animator, was interpreting the performance as closely as possible to right. what it was. And I think they did a fantastic job because if you look at both, both Alan, <laughs> Alan Tudyk's performance and the robot's performance mm. had the same thing. They didn't improve on it. They matched the emotional point. And I think that's a, that's a tribute to both Alan Tudyk and the animator, <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? Definitely. Uh, and I remember very clearly... Uh, when we were in the screening room and uh, Alex Proyas was the director and and he invited Alan Tudyk to come to the screening room to see what was going on. And it was the first time that Alan had seen himself as the robot perform and it was the interrogation scene, right? And uh, he got very emotional watching that performance. He got, he was starting to tear up seeing how it turned out because it was something that was unbelievable. And he was proud of both his work and the work that he saw on the screen and he finaled his own shot like he was the first one who finaled his own shot which was kind of a a wonderful moment i just wish that there was a time when we could look at that and say that was a celebrated moment you know
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely there was a lot of bonus material in the um around the late 90s early 2000s where Mm -hmm. they would just celebrate visual effects Uh, there's like the best I've ever seen of uh, Visual effects bonus material there's like a one hour um, docu on the day after tomorrow with uh, Karen Gulikas uh, from ILM I worked on that you did (laughs) (laughs) that was um, and and they'll they'll show you like four way split screen with particle pass here another particle pass and some Mm -hmm. thinkers and it's just gorgeous to look at yeah um, now about Andy Serkis, I, mm. I've thought about making an example about him, but I'm not going to do it because it has to, it has a too negative. Um, it's interesting
0: message. that you have to be political about how you choose these. Yeah, very, these stories. very.
1: Because if you look at uh, all the people involved in making a golem or Caesar, right? Uh, you have somebody making the 3D model,
0: mm-hmm.
1: 3D fur, uh, the rig, uh, the eyeballs, etc., etc., and, and take any one of them out and Caesar doesn't have fur, or he can't move, or he doesn't have eyes. You have animators both who, to animate um, the mocap stuff that isn't directly working, but probably also to a lot of extra stuff. Like you know, the director will always want pickups and editing. Sure. Well if it's a if it's a digital Caesar and you just need him to go over here instead of over there? You're probably gonna ask an animator to do that instead of uh, getting uh, Andy Serkis back into the mocap suit, right? Right, right. Um. You have the camera trackers, uh, you have the lighters and the compositors. Yep. And the only person in that entire team that you can take out and still have a movie is Andy Serkis, because you have animators that could animate him in all the shots. Take out anyone else, and you don't have a movie. Right. So even though his performance is great, and it always is, and even though it is his performance in the characters, and that does work great, for him to just go, me, 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 is...
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very sad. It it doesn't sit well. No, I understand that it doesn't sit well. I understand. But I want to talk a little bit about the implications of this. So, you know, your video that you created, the studios could look at this and say, okay, uh, we now saw that he found some material on this stuff, and we need to really tighten down and not give this person any more ammunition to show people oh, that CGI was used, right? Which would suck, right? Yes, the, yes, Or what you could do is you could make a message in there It's like, it like, look how cool this is. Don't you think it would be nice to celebrate that too? <laughs> how do we change their minds? How do we say, hey, let's do more of this, you know?
1: I, I don't think I could change their minds at all. I don't think they can look at, at my videos uh, right. Their 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 reaction is probably going to be closer to your first um, right. theory, which will suck. <laughs> the Last thing I want to do is make life more difficult for visual effects people. But. Right.
0: I think I noticed, like for example, on LinkedIn, I saw mm. you had an, a, a and I know you, you you're trying to be very strategic about what you can talk about, but on LinkedIn, you saw specifically a studio that had done a bunch of work, and they took it all down.
1: Yeah. Right I, uh, I, I you don't, don't have want to say to... the studio.
0: you don't have to say yeah. the studio, but tell me a little, give me more details about it what you saw. <laughs> um I, I don't want to. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were basically told, or some somehow they can't say anything, suddenly they had all this cool work of all the stuff they'd done, and it all disappeared, right? Yeah, and this happens more often than people think.
1: It probably does.:
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, All right. Well, you have to give us a little bit of a preview of what are some possible subjects that you're going to breach in the next three episodes or so.
1: Right. Definitely what I'm writing on right now is, um, like I talked to you about, I've shown how visual effects is invisible in film, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to show how it's invisible on set, which causes a lot of people to think that because they they see the B-roll footage, and it has explosions and uh, actors and no blue screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll get uh, 10,000 uh, film journalists reporting that this was all practical. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to report that this is just because the visual effects work is really, really good. Right. I'm definitely going to touch on Christopher Nolan, because mm-hmm. uh, you can't make an uh, invisible or no CGI video about that. But it's not going to be the smoking gun that Top Gun Maverick or Fast X was. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the stunts of Tom Cruise. I'm I'm also not sure how much time I should spend on that because there is so much more CGI in those scenes that they want to know. Sure. But people love the stunts and they love to love the stunts. And so do I. And also, there are very few visual effects breakdowns from that because particularly when uh, ILM do Mission Impossible stuff on Mm -hmm. the signature crew stunts. They just do not have any breakdowns from it. There are no breakdowns from this stuff. The Burj Khalifa scene in the Mission Impossible 4, obviously, they don't hide. I mean, Tom was there on the building and it definitely affects me when I see the film. I get vertigo when I see him on the building because I'm like, oh my God, that crazy, he was really there. Sure. It helps. Uh, Obviously, they don't hide hide that wire removal was done. And people because the, the the cranes and the wires are, are in frame in the B-roll sure. footage, and they're not the film. So people will say, oh, that's wire removal, that's not CGI. But as uh, Cinefix reported, with all those... Uh, not only all the glass, but all the m- curved metal there is on the building that has distorted reflections on everything and the cranes and the cables re- reflecting triple, quadruple times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that building is just CGI because it was just easier than to paint stuff out. So, yeah. yeah, you have Tom Cruise climbing on a CGI building. You're never, ever going to see those CGI breakdowns. Right. um because they don't want anybody to say that that was C- that he was climbing on a CGI building even though he was climbing on the real building right and also he isn't climbing on the real building at the entire scene they did build a three-story blue screen set in Vancouver right for parts of it also this is from cinefx it is not some whistleblower story uh and again you're never going to see this blue screen footage anywhere because they don't want you to see that Tom Cruise was climbing on a blue screen stage for Puerto Calero. Right. Even yes. though it was completely awesome that he actually was in the real building.
0: Right. Um, how do you get Tom Cruise to say that?
1: <laughs> you are never going to. You are never going to. He's all about, I did it and it was dangerous.
0: That's right. that's the uh, that's his that, brand. Yeah. But he did do it, and it was he dangerous. Do it. it was. But he did it on a blue screen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, there's a there's a they also don't hide that they completely digitally replaced the ramp and the motorcycle stunt of Dead Reckoning. So sure, it's not well, like because saying, clearly
0: you can see that he didn't, like, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like they, they're pretending that there's no CGI in it. It's just sure tilted a little bit. Right. I um, People who work in this business and do what we do, we know when we see something like the train fight in Dead Reckoning, where they also did uh an elaborate making of video about how practical it was it, it, there was a lot of cgi there just you know trains environments digital doubles and i don't think anybody's ever going to see the breakdowns from that okay and that's where we need ilm to say to paramount we are going to need to show this not only are they undermining um all the work that we do and the value of visual effects companies, possibly the price we can afford to take for our work if we were valued more. Right. Also preventing a lot of people from getting work because every visual effects studio wants to see a detailed show reel from an employee. Right. Where are those breakdowns going to come from? They can, All they can do is uh, you know rip the Blu-ray and put it on a password protected Vimeo reel because they're probably not even allowed to, I mean, you're probably not even allowed to show all the shots from Top Gun Gun
0: Maverick you worked on if you worked on it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's very challenging for sure. For sure. And all those, uh,
1: every single car chase in a European city has the uh, hero in a car going against traffic around some European monument. And we all know that all those near misses are CGI cars. The the, the actor may be driving his own car, but yep. every time there's a near miss or a car door being torn off, that's all CGI. Yep. And they always have a documentary about how real it is. I love uh, John Wick 4, where I don't think they make any effort to say no CGI, which is great.
0: Well, then you should listen to my podcast, where I had the visual effects people talk about it okay. specifically. And I was going to bring that up. Yes. The, yeah, you know, that, the, the roundabout was actually shot in an airport in Germany. Mm right, mm. when they're instead of the Acte de Triomphe, right? Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. yes, they had to replace a lot of the background with CGI. Of course they did.
1: <laughs> yes, and, and, and I, I've i seen those breakdowns. I don't know how much they did. And yeah. I love that approach to practical filmmaking because sure. I'm also going to bring up that in one of my videos because th- that's a great example of how you can film stuff in camera and, yeah. and just do a lot of replacement. Um, what What you really want to do, with visual effects filmmaking on set is to break the filming away from a visual effects process. You don't want to have to tell an actor, wait, that was pass A. Now we're going to do pass B. You're going to do the same thing, but you act against somebody who is not there and you're going to be wearing a mocap suit. Actors don't want that. You have the, uh, you know, Ian McKellen had that breakdown on the Hobbit when they had that technologically marvelous solution of a simultaneous shooting of two sets, one with the Hobbits on the real set Mm-hmm. and one with Ian McKellen on a green screen set, and they were scaled differently. So they had uh, you know, two motion control cameras that did the same thing in different scales, and mm-hmm. it was technologically fantastic. And Ian McKellen just had a breakdown because it was just technology around. And he wasn't acting. Right. So what, what we're doing on set is we're breaking visual effects f- free from... Uh, being a, being an obstacle or we, we, we're tearing a filmmaking away from the obstacle of visual effects filmmaking and like that scene in john wick or the uh matera no time to die car chase mm-hmm. or a lot of stuff in 1917 people just shoot their film wild and they edit it sure and then visual effects come in afterwards
0: i i couldn't agree with you more i think something that was very interesting you know and back in and around 2013 when i sort of left the visual effects industry was around like i said the life of pi days and where the industry was just unbelievably nasty towards cgi right and Mm. uh it was just very 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 sad and i used to get very upset at the studios and, and and anyone who was speaking for a movie who would basically say meh screw those guys but at the same time you know sort of looking back i think about how challenging it was to be a filmmaker back in 2013 because you would basically get into a giant blue or green volume and film five people and then the rest yeah. was all going to be done in cg and they didn't know what it was going to look like they would have to no. wait 9 months to a year to yeah. see that shot in right. reality right and that's a very upsetting creative process and I yeah. can understand seeing things in camera is a much more rewarding as- aspect yeah. of it.
1: And there there are so many people
0: that this helps. Um
1: I've seen a lot of films with uh horizons placed completely wrong in post <laughs> yep, uh, all because <laughs> if, if you have a set that have a hor- horizontal stuff like tables and walls and floors Those perspective lines dictate one place the horizon could be and only one. There are no other places it could be than there. And sometimes you see it too low, too high. I assume that's because they shot on a blue screen or a green screen and the DOP did not frame the horizon because it was not there.
0: There was no horizon there, yeah.
1: And then when they start seeing uh, the visual effects shots, and I guess that the visual effects artist placed the horizon correctly in the first version. For For framing reasons, you're going to want the horizons differently. Sure. I've worked on two tower sequences that will remain unnamed, where people were climbing in a tower that was like 20 meters above the ground, and the director asked to have the horizon lowered so it would look like they were higher. And I'm like, that's not how horizons work. But (laughs) there were studio films. There was no way I could ever, you know, so it was like, okay, whatever, just, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, how many times we get those do something wrong all the time?
1: Yeah, yeah. Editors uh, need to know what's moving in the frame and how much is in a frame in order for the audience to, you know, to know how long you have to hold a frame before the audience knows what's going on. Sure. I remember the there's a fight in Transformers 2, two robots mm-hmm. fight in a forest. I remember having no idea what's going on in that. Um, and then when you see the animatic uh, because this was back when there was visual effects bonus material on, on Blu-rays. Um, in the animatic, there's like a, a low-poly blue, low, blue robot and a low-poly red robot, and they're fighting. And it's very easy to see what's going on. And right. that's what the editor had to work with. Right. So from that point of view, the editing is fine. But when those shots, move on to ILM, who do a great job of making these robots completely photoreal. They're both sort of a muddy gray, and they have a billion motion-blurred metal pieces. I can't see what's going on anymore.
0: Right, yeah, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Well, what, what, when? First of all, when you, I know this is a lot of work, and you're like, oh God, well look at the, look at this massive challenge I've given myself to make this Guess. content available. But uh, w- when when do you expect to have more? And what what? Can, tell us some some films that you think you're going to talk. You said talking. You might have to have to about Nolan. But is there some movie that you're really looking forward to talking about? Um.
1: I will definitely touch on uh, Napoleon, which is also doing a yes. sort of a no CGI. Um, I I did my my um, my best sequence of no CGI films in the first video, except one that I'm saving for last. That I'm not going to say what it is. Sure. I have some. I have some more smaller examples. Yep. And then I'm going to do sort of a history lesson about. Oh, good. My, yeah, like matte painting and CGI versus practical and where's the, where does one yep. begin and one end?
0: Yeah. You may want to throw in face replacements because we used to do a ton of face replacements and no one really acknowledges those. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like uh, Even those stupid silly films like Blades of Glory, right? They didn't know how to ice skate like that, right? So- no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I remember all those- the
1: breakdowns from that.
0: Yeah. You know, like they weren't bad. No one even thinks about it. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Well, cool. Jonas, this is awesome that you were able to do this. I'm glad we were able to have you back because I think this is an important message that people need to get. And I want to make sure people spread this. So if you're listening to this, make sure to check out Jonas's video and share it and look forward to any other videos out there. Let people know this is an important message. We have to (laughs) educate people on the cool work that we do here so thanks man
1: you're welcome